I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome to Jokes with Mark Simmons, the podcast where I chat to another comedian about jokes they can't get to work. Sadly, Joel isn't here again. Three episodes in a row. Uh, Our days just don't match up and we keep trying and then keep putting off putting the podcast out. We're like, "Ah, we've got to get the podcast out. So I'm going to do another solo one and hopefully Joel, the boy, will be back next week with a bit of luck. Um, I am just, uh, <laughs> I'm just walking through the Olympic Park and a lovely little girl just, uh, tried to ram me with her bike then. Um, so, oh, lots of background noise. Lovely. Adds a bit to it, I reckon. So we've got a great episode ahead this week. Um, what else? Oh, I, I, I did ask Joel if we could, he could give me an update on just what he's been up to and he ran a half marathon. So there we go. We'll hear all about that next time we talk, hopefully with a bit of luck. Um, oh, I'm going on tour. I mentioned this on the last episode. Um, so if you'd like to see me on tour, you can find all the t- ticket info links via uh, marksimmers.co.uk or the link in my bio. Um, what else is there? I think that's about it, really. I've got a few things I want to to talk about, but I want to wait till Joel's here. So we'll have to wait till next week. Um, but this week we've got a cracking comedian. Uh, long-time comedy circuit headliner, Sean Collins. Um, we've got an extra bonus episode on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash jokes with Mark, where we chat about loads of things. For example, uh, heckles, favourite heckles, worst heckles. Uh, what else was there? Oh, and yeah, so Sean always sits down on stage, which has a really interesting effect with the room. And we were talking about the origin of that. And it's, it's, it's quite a funny story. So that's over at the Patreon. Uh, anything else? No, I think we'll just, just get, get cracking, shall we? If I'm honest. It's quite busy on the Olympic Park. And I'm dreading the, the, the next bit after the episode where I do the bit of a shouty bit. Wish me luck. Here's Sean Collins. So, so talk about things that work and that don't work. So, so when, because you're you're a, you know you're a busy uh, circuit stand-up comic, always on the road. Do you when you do new stuff, will you try stuff when you do like a a proper paid pro gig, or do you try it at new material nights? Uh, I do it, a lot of. Lot- I try it in the middle. 
Um, mm. I find one of the problems I've always had with with new material nights, you have to find a good one that has a, a clever audience that is a genuine audience. Like a lot of times the new comedy nights, the audience is made up of other comics and other comics friends. Yeah. And it doesn't, yeah, and it, it just never gave me it. So what I did, what I always do with a new story, if it's about, you know, three minutes long or four minutes long as I do, uh, tried and tested stuff off the top. And then around the 12 minute mark, when, you know, depending on how long I have, uh, I'll even mm -hmm. say to them, look, I got some new stuff I'm going to try out and then throw it out there and just, or I won't say it and I'll just go into the story. And if it bombs, I can quickly jump back into stuff that I know works, but at least I've tried it. Yeah. You know? But at what point, at what point of a story will you give up if you think it's bombing? Because obviously it's, it's building somewhere or will you always see it through? I try to see it through, Mark. I, I, I'm, That's got to be horrible if you think it's not going I, anywhere. <laughs> I, I'm quite comfortable going down in flames. It's uh, at this point in my life, it's, yeah, it's fine because, you know, I mean, Tom Stade was great at teaching me that. I used to write with him. I started with him and he was very good at, um, if you ever watch Tom, when it's a, even when it's a new stuff, he delivers it 100%. Like he delivers it like he's, he's used it a hundred times before and he delivers it with confidence and everything else. Mm. And that's what you have to do. Part of the problem with new stuff. And I don't know if it's the same for you as a, as a one liner is a, um, if you're not confident in it, then you're not giving it a hundred percent. Like as soon as you have confidence in a joke, it's amazing. You know where the laugh's coming from, you know how to pause and everything else. But the first time you do it, you're almost, I always, mm. you know, if you're nervous going into it, then you're not getting a true idea of how good you can do. So go down in flames and, and see, you know, yeah, I think that's. I guess that's. I think that's more probably more important for when you're doing a story to because this is so long. So there's so much time for the audience to go. This guy's not really sure about this, is yeah. it? Whereas with a one liner, if you say it quick enough, you could just get through it. But I find I find. Do you so? Do you? Will you? Because with that in mind, do you learn it really well before you try it? Uh, no, uh, because I, I have a starting point, a middle point, an end point, and then. Sometimes stuff comes up while I'm telling the story. Uh, if they laugh ah. or something, and I'll go, I'll go left or right on it. And every time I do it, so I you'll comment it on it. So it's it's almost like with a story, it's like a picture, and there's a main part to the picture, but the other little things you fill in as you do it more and more. Um, the, yeah. the, the host tank and bear story that everyone knows about. Um, it's since I recorded it, I've added to it a little bit more from a memory of it, but. It started out in a club when I did it. It was about two minutes long, and now it's seven minutes long. So oh, it wow. just keep adding to it. When I realized it was, you just keep adding to it when you realize it's good. And uh, mm. I guess that's nice. If you know there's a big payoff, yeah, it's nice because it doesn't really matter if some of the laughs on the way aren't huge, if you know it's on the rise. I, I, I guess because I guess yeah, I still have a bit that I'm gonna try. I can't do it at the store. I still throw it out there. And I'm still right. frustrated, which I'll tell you about in the, in this podcast because it pisses me off that I can't because it's ridiculous. Oh, tell, tell us now. It's ridiculous what happened, Mark. Like when I tell you uh, this story, because you're a comedian, you're just going to go, "Oh my god!" Like it was just, <laughs> it was so ridiculous. Like um, I'll I'll lead into it if you want to if you want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always yeah. piss me off because it should, and I think it's to do with. Uh, I went to a game. It's a corporate, and. Um, mm. It was coming out of, uh, we had a little window where we came out where we could work again. And I got a corporate, thank God, because I needed the money at the time. And uh, so I'm driving there and I haven't gigged in, well, we hadn't gigged in a year, right? So I'm, I'm nervous as hell because 
coming back on a corporate is the worst thing you can imagine because they're hard anyway, right? Let alone being mm -hmm. your first kid when your timing's off. So I'm driving there. And I know, keep in mind, uh, can you swear on this? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Gotcha. I know fuck all about cars. I will say that. I never learned. I'm from a redneck place in Canada where everyone knows every, everything about cars. I never had any interest. I always thought it was, you know, boring as hell. So um, I'm driving along and the engine light comes on. And I'm about uh, 45 minutes from, from the gate. So I pull over and uh, I think, well, okay. I look up in the book what it is and it's um, it needs a... It needs uh, antifreeze, right? It needs. Uh, so. I go yeah. in and, and get it, and not even concerned with if it's a different color. There's a one thing I didn't know. Make sure you put the same color antifreeze in. What? But anyway, I didn't know that. But I poured it in, not and uh, I'm waited it. It cooled down, and I, I took off again, and uh, I got about another five or ten minutes, and I thought, okay, it's going okay. And then I started to go up a hill, and the engine light came on again, and the, the engine started to, to slow down, and I was like, shit. So I'm, 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 I pull over to the side of the road. Um, I have to be there at four in the afternoon to do a rehearsal because I'm, I'm doing a set, but then I'm uh, hosting the evening, and there's some really weird names, so I have to go there early. So I'm looking at my watch, and I'm going, okay, I, I left it with plenty of time, but now I'm on the side of the road. And I'm panicked about it. So I call the organizer and say, look, this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. I might not make the rehearsal, but I should be able to get there. You know, I'll keep in touch. So then I call a uh, uh, roadside assistant and, and they're like, uh, oh, we're busy. And I said, oh, of course we are. And uh, first, first they go, where are you? And then it's a weird moment when you don't know where you are, right? Because I had no idea. <laughs> you know when you just put your sat-nav on and you go, and I go, uh, I don't really know. And, she, and then the guy goes, well, where are I? we can't just, we need to know where you are. Right. And I'm like, okay. And I'm actually, I'm looking around and I'm trying to look at my sat nav. And I actually said to the guy, which the guy must've thought I was mental. I said, uh, well, there's a big tree and, and like, and, the house, and I'm describing the house and the garage on the house. Right. And he's going, oh, okay. That clears it up. I'll be right there. You're at, you're at Dave's, you know? So, <laughs> So I'm describing that there's this field in front of me and there's a house across the way to the right. And then, and, uh, and amongst this, Mark, my, my stomach growls, like, like you wouldn't believe it, like a gurgling sound, like, like, you know, you've eaten a bad Indian or something, right? Really bad. Right. And I know some... your, your engine lights just come on. What's that? Your engine lights. Just yeah, come yeah, on. exactly. And I'm thinking, Jesus, I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm going to have to, what if I have to do that? And I, and I thought, oh my God, no, no, this can't be happening, right? So so I hold off on it. I call back uh, uh, RAC and they're now closer. They're, they're trying to locate me now on an app because I still don't know where I am. And um, so there's this locator thing that you send to them and it locates you through your phone, which is quite fabulous. So I sent it to them and then they called back and said, no, you have to take this off. So now I have to go into my phone. It had a block on it or something that they couldn't find me. So now I'm doing this, trying to allow that. And then the stomach gurgles again, right? So I'm like, great. Uh, and I'm starting to get worried now because I can, I know what's coming, right? And I'm, I'm thinking, oh no. And uh, the RAC man finally says, okay, we found you. We got you. We'll be there in, in 30 minutes, right? And I'm thinking, okay, great. 
Um, it's now, by the way, been a couple hours. Like I kid you not, we're now approaching where I'm not. I'm not just going to miss a rehearsal. It's looking like I'm going to have to pull in, go up without knowing anything, any of the names, no script, nothing, right? Uh, I'm nervous. And first one back, keep that in mind. When you start, and it dawns on me, I have to, I have to take a shit. Like it's now crucial, right? And uh, <laughs> I didn't have anything toilet paper wise, right? So I brought a couple of Littles bag and started to rip them up because I knew I was going to need them. Okay. So I go down a hill on the side of where I pulled on the motorway. I go down this hill. I climbed over a fence and I see this small field and I go into the, to the, the forest area, right? And I find a place right, you know, where he seems to be. And, you know, there's nothing glamorous about it, Mark, but I'm going to have a shit in the forest, right? So I find an area and I mean, I, it was revolting, right? It was, it was awful. And then, but as I'm doing it, I hear a noise and I think, what is that? It was, I, I'm thinking an animal would be terrible, like, but, you know, and I look up and there's an elderly woman standing with her dog on a leash and I'm having this explosive <laughs> dump, right? And it turns out I'm on her property. Right. So I'm, 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 and she says to me, it was quite remarkable. She goes, uh, she goes, are you okay? And I, uh, I didn't know what to say to her. I just went, uh, yes, yes, I am. Right. And she goes, uh, do you need any help? And I, to this day, I don't know what she could have done to help me. I was like, no, I don't need any help. I just need you to go away. Right. And, uh, so she finally left, and I apologized. And I'm still mid-shitting at the time, right? And I'm saying, I'm really sorry I'm doing this on your land, right? <laughs> um, she leaves, I finish, and I... Oh, and as she's uh, as she was talking to me, it starts to pour rain. So now I'm, I'm now getting drenched in, in the clothes that I'm wearing to go to this corporate, right? And I'm getting fucking soaked. And I've put my 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 trousers and my underwear away because I didn't want any accident to happen with them because I need my clothes. So I was actually naked from the waist down as well. It just gets more weird, right? So I want to get dressed, go back up to my car, and I'm sitting in my car like this, just going, this can't get any worse, right? It's just horrendous. And they finally show up. The car is now undrivable. That's what they tell me. So they're going to have to tow it back to my house. And I'm thinking, how am I going to get to this gig? And he said, well, I can drive you up to the service station, the closest one, and then you can call and get a taxi. And I said, thanks. So I went up to this. Traffic was really bad. And I'm calling the venue. Now we're approaching 30 minutes before the gig. And I get to the... So I, I call a taxi. And I'm about three miles from the gig. And I get in. And he starts... He pulls out. And we're immediately in traffic. And I went, uh, hey, I, I got to get there. And he uh, he goes, well, I was going to tell you on the phone, uh, this is the time. We're not going to move. So we're going to just be stuck here. And I went, really? <laughs> so now I have to get out, Mark. So now I got out. I've taken my, I've changed into some street clothes just to save it. And I start walking in the pouring rain. I had to walk two miles uh, to the gig in the, in the pouring rain. So I get to the gig. Um I'm, you know, I'm soaking wet. I go in the back and I, they give me a towel and I dry off. And uh, they tell me that they just want me to do a set because I don't, I won't, 
I don't know. I haven't gone over the script. So I'm going to say thank you very much. So I went up there and I did this set. It was it was a tough gig back. They were they were away from me. And and as you know, if a crowd's got a little bit of a mm-hmm. dance floor between you, it's twice as hard. But they were they were close enough that I could talk to the front row. But I had to sort of work at it. So I'm talking to them and I asked a, an Asian man. Um, I asked him because I was going through everything. I said, hey, what's your name? And he didn't say anything to me. Right. And I didn't even notice at the time he was Asian. Right. And I said, I asked him again what his name was. He didn't say anything. And I said, what are you, a spy? And everyone laughed. It was a quick throwaway line, right, just to get people mm-hmm. sort of in. So uh, the gig goes very, very mediocre. 20 minutes of they weren't buying the fact because I tried this story to tell them the story. Mm-hmm. And I think as soon as you uh, mention poo in a story, it turns people off, right? Which is right. I was going to say that, yeah. yeah. So, so this is the kicker, Mark. I get back and I'm thinking uh, – Okay, it's mediocre, but I didn't swear. So there we go. At least I'll get paid, right? They're not gonna I did my time and I didn't swear. And I get back and I get a call when I get back uh from the company that booked me and said, uh, hi Sean. I said, I about your corporate. I said, Yeah, and they go, uh um uh did you talk to a gentleman in the front row? And I said, I talked to everybody in the front row. And he said, Well, one gentleman complained. And I said, For what? Uh, the gentleman that you said um uh, are you a spy? He was from China, and he assumed that you were calling him a communist, so he got very offended. <laughs> and I went, "What?" And he said, so, "Oh my God, um, I'm afraid we're not going to pay you because uh, he's made a racist complaint that you called him a communist." And I went, "Well, I didn't call him a communist. I just said you're a spy." So I ended up not getting paid for it as well. And my car cost me 1250 pounds so that drive there put me in 1250 pounds in debt and um i'll say it, i was only getting, i was getting 1500 for the corporate so i didn't get any money for the corporate so even at that point i thought like, well, at least i have 250 left over so i did the gig shit in someone's field talked to a lady while i was shitting um got soaking wet my car cost 1250 and i didn't get paid so that was you know and i got back home i remember just sitting in there and just going uh, had to be one of the worst days of my life. Like, if if uh, if someone said to you, Mark, listen, uh, tell you what, you give me twelve hundred and fifty pounds, and I'll let you shit in the field. That's basically what it is. See, now this story, I still think it can work, but I've never been able to mm. make it work well. But maybe you know, maybe I got to not give up on it. You know. It's interesting. There's a few things in there. So the the whole like shitting thing you say that puts people off. It does anything about poo at a gig does doesn't people don't really like it which which you do i can understand but for me when you were telling that story the image of you sit, sitting squatting in this woman's field talking to this woman that's that's that was making me laugh as, that's what as i've a done thing, to get across is, right but i'm gonna have yeah. to rework it and maybe um because i've done it with the word shitting maybe i gotta use pooing instead maybe i've got to try so maybe i gotta ease into it or maybe i gotta say number two even you know i don't know i don't know because, yeah, maybe you could get a laugh. If you say number two, you could probably get a laugh out of them commenting on the fact that you've said number two. I said two, number two because like nobody likes to hear. So I haven't given up on yeah. it. But, um, I mean, when we worked together recently at the comedy store, I find um, I'm not as much. It's funny because the guys from the comedy store just came to see me in a theater. And they notice the difference when I sit down and just tell stories and I'm not worried about. Because I find you got to do your best at the comedy store. You got to go out and bang it. Hit right. Because you're you're with other guys that are doing the same thing. So if you go in there and try mm. a story like this, 
and you die, yeah. you don't have much time to recover. So I've never done a tour, but yeah. I'm going to do it on the tour. I'm going to keep trying to push it. And I'll let yeah. you know do you think I so- finally get a laugh, whether it's Yeah, or you have to come back on. It be. Do you think sometimes if a story sounds too mad, that that audience just go, just don't believe it? Does that happen? Because um, that's that must be annoying if that does. Because yeah. if it did actually happen, and then people like nah, not having it. I mean, I, I you couldn't make up what I just. Well, I suppose you could make it up, <laughs> but I mean, it was just it was so awful, and I can assure you that my car was toasted and i did shit in the field then it, yeah it was ridiculous but those are the kind of things i find as i get older too uh, a lot of my stories from from when i you know used to do stories it was because i was younger and i took risks and went out and did things like the water skiing on acid and mushrooms story that i did was you know i was i was 28 or 30 years old and i didn't have you know kids and have to worry about it and i was doing those things and that's Part of the reason I went, like if somebody said, hey, do you want to go camping in the middle of nowhere? I would do it because I knew I'd come out with a yeah. story of ridiculousness, right? So, um, did you did you embellish? Have you have you managed to embellish any of that story that in the build up in the in the start, or have you not done it enough to be able to keep adding? What bits? the the pooing in a field? I yeah, like, was they, that's exactly how have, the story happened. So I haven't even okay. see. I haven't got yeah. the laughters in order to start to embellish more. That's exactly yeah. what happened i suppose when it's so mad embellish you can't really embellish it that much as in make it madder can you i i Just... hope one day mark that i'm on stage and uh i get the heckle hey you pooed in my field and i look over <laughs> and it's the lady wouldn't that be amazing right and then i could tell the story because you know i mean she probably her version of the story can you imagine i was walking the dog and is how her starts right and <laughs> yeah her stand up's much better yeah than yours, i mean her story. she's probably killing in the farm circuit <laughs> with the story you know so where you're saying that you you sort of would go and do things so that stories some material develops just by throwing yourself out there did did you manage to write write anything during lockdown or was it just you were just like there's no point because nothing's happening. I had some lockdown jokes and I had some stuff about um, some COVID jokes and stuff and I, I did them. And then I thought um, I kind of stopped doing stuff about COVID and lockdown because I think people just got fed up with it. It was like, we yep. got to, a point. Yep. that's it. That's the feel I got is that when people were coming out, they were coming out, they were so happy to be out. It was like bringing them back into that awful mm. time, right? Where we all want to, forget yeah. it and so i, I decided to leave it um did i yeah. write some stories yeah i wrote that one <laughs> oh yeah well that was straight after the yeah, lockdown right that, so no, that, that was your first gig lockdown. so uh, that was the only gig i did in between um we opened up for a bit and then we closed down a bit um so i did it sort of in between and 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 wrote that one and what it did, what so, lockdown did get me to do, especially for coming up on the tour, is is I revisited old stories from my past and rewrote them out. I went through my old books and went, oh shit, why am I not doing that anymore? Because um, because it's a story oh, that great. I shared. So so I'm starting to do that more, and especially with the upcoming thing with Mike. Mike's doing the same thing. We're going to actually have a Skype call. Um, Later. So what that so you might as well tell us that give us a pitch you you're uh, doing a tour with Mike Gunn who is uh, a previous guest on the podcast yeah. two great comics on tour Yeah it's called Regrets we did we toured together before and it's just a uh, um we both get to do solo sets and then we go up on afterwards and the part I enjoy the most of it well I, mean, I enjoy it all but 
um, is uh, we riff off of each other about our lives and we're going to do the double act about regrets that we have in our life because we're both, you know, coming, you know, we're both been doing this for almost 30 years. I've been doing 32. He's been doing it less, but uh, yeah. as you get older, the things, the decisions you made and what you did and, and, and it's quite, it's almost cheating in a way, but, um, some of the stories you can say it's a regret. You can set up a story by saying, "Well, this is a regret I had," and then do a tried and trusted story in your in your passport. Right. Yes. But but Mike yeah, and yeah. I just riffing on one another is is fun and touring is touring is lonely. So uh, it's nice mm. to hang with a friend and be able to afterwards say, "Hey, do this, do that." And... Yeah, I did a double act with Shaw Walsh one year in Edinburgh, and it was so much fun. And talking about things that don't work, if ever a bit didn't work it's so much it's it's really funny on stage when you're with your mate and it not work because you're both sort of just laugh together yeah. the fact that 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 bombs it's, it makes such a difference than being up there on your own and something bombing yeah. like have you have you worked have you had any sort of bits in the double act that didn't quite hit oh absolutely when we started it we started to um to remove stuff from the double act that didn't work and everything else one of my favorite things was uh, was Mike because we flipped every time. In other words, I would most of the time I would open because he doesn't compare. So I would compare for 15 minutes, introduce Mike. He does 30. Then we have a break. Then he comes out, introduces me. I do 30, and then I bring him back up for the double act. So this mm. particular time, I said, Mike, you start off. And for God's sakes, Mike, you never talk to the crowd. So talk to the crowd. And he said, Okay. Now I'm backstage. And uh, it was actually one show that was busy. It's funny when you tour and you, you go to one night, and it, you know, you've got a full house of 200. You don't know why you're in this town and they seem to be there. And then you go to yeah. one expecting it to be packed and they go, oh, we only have 55 in. And you're just like, ah, oh, or, you know, mm -hmm. in a big, in a room that sees 300, there's nothing worse than 55 stragglers in the front, right? And, and it happened. So this one was a full one. And I said, Mike, go talk to him. And he goes up and he goes, hey, and he was so uncomfortable with it. It was great. I was backstage loving it. And he looked up and there's balcony seats and there was a couple up there. And he said, hi, you a couple? And then she goes, yeah. And uh, so you're out tonight. And she goes, well, we were together for about 20 years until I got IMS. And uh, and he broke up with me and put me in a home. So he's he's brought me out. He's brought me out tonight just for a night. But uh there's nothing between us anymore. And it was and oh, no. so you could hear a pin drop. It was so fucking like horrible, the answer that he got. And all you could hear was me laughing in the back, like like <laughs> to the point where the audience could hear me laughing in the back. I was almost crying laughing that the first time he talks to someone, he gets that fucking response. And all Mike said was I'm never talking to anybody again. After, yeah, that was, he didn't even say a joke. And he goes, did that get a laugh? Yeah, it did. It got a, and he, and he, yeah. he, he said, and by the way, that was the other comedian, Sean Collins, howling in the back. <laughs> it was just. I had that once when I was on tour with Sean and we were so late for a show. And uh, when we got there, I was opening for him. So he, we, he threw me on stage and he said something funny in the intro. And it set me off laughing. And I walked out on stage and I was laughing. And you know when you get the, the, the giggles and you just can't stop? I was just doing that. So this poor audience had been sitting there 
for ages waiting for us and the first thing they can see is this weird bloke that they're not expecting comes on and just can't say anything because he's laughing too much and then, just, and, and then Sean's really laughing in, in the side like exactly like you were and that just was making me laugh even more because of the ridiculousness of the situation it was oh I'll never forget yeah, that those, see if, if 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 you guys were both really well known like let's say superstar acts well Sean is very well known but if I mean if you were to mm. That's the kind of thing that the audience would look at and go, oh, when we saw them, he was howling yeah, right yeah, at yeah, the top. Yeah. And it would be brilliant, wouldn't it? It'd be like watching the yeah. Pythons laughing at each other because they made each other yeah. laugh off a script and, <laughs> and you'd play on it. Uh, mm. You sh- did you did you but this was just something they probably said and how it was funny or did you just jump? In? I, I would I would have, but I think it was too late. Honestly, it the audience was just like bemused they didn't know what was happening and I, I i'm not exaggerating i think it, i was laughing for, i couldn't say anything for about five minutes it's a long time it's a very long all, time and also because they're waiting they might just think some blokes just got up to do it <laughs> just to, to do a bit they don't know who i am or or, or anything oh god yeah i, I that, always that was i always liked steve hughes when he came out of the store uh when we were working with him this weekend and he did something off the top that didn't go well whatever and he goes uh I have jokes. I mean, I haven't just, yeah. I didn't just walk, wander in and say, I'll give it that a go. Was it. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, that's, <laughs> yeah, no, I love that Have stuff. You... And, and I think, again, you talked earlier about confidence playing a role. And I think one of the things is, um, when you're young, that kind of stuff could throw you off really badly, mm. right? That could throw off everything. Yes. I remember once, Mark, when I started out, I used to write it on a, uh, my set list on a piece of paper, bullet points, and I'd walk out and I'd put it on the stool, right? I'd, I'd put it on the stool, so I had it, so that I, if I forgot something, I could get up, uh, pretend I'm stretching, and look down, and it was a, it was a cheat sheet, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It was a crutch, and I went up there and I put this cheat sheet on, and uh, I think I was only about two years in, and I don't know, a door opened or something, and wind picked it off the stool and blew it off into the audience, right? So now now I would know, um, and all I did then was stutter and fuck up and everything. But you know now as a, as a, as a comic who's been doing it for a while, I would have either ran off the stage and chased the sheep, right, and gone and tried to yeah, get yeah, it, yeah, 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 yeah. or asked somebody in the audience, say, could you pick that up and read me my next joke? You know, something yes. along those lines. Because you have to acknowledge yeah, the yeah, moment yeah, yeah. and make it funny, right? But when you're first yeah. starting out, that, that as soon as that sheet went, and that's when the comic said to me backstage, the headliner, he said, dude, you can't do cheat sheets, man. You got to know your material. And, and mm. you know, it's the same with a lot of them writing it on their hand. You know, like, uh, mm. do you ever do that? Do you ever write the joke? Um, only when I'm doing a new material gig. Or I, I usually take a notepad out. Yeah. Actually, the only, time I, the only time I really write on my hand is when I compare because... I've got this horrible thing that I can just go blank on people's names. Even if it's someone I know really well, I, I just, in my head, I just go, wouldn't it be really terrible if I forgot their name? And then I, it'll go. So I always put, put their names on my hand yeah. just to make sure. I've got, I've There's got nothing worse compare, than that because... I've got a compare coming up, but I haven't done it in a long time, so I'll probably have to... Yeah. Because <laughs> the thing is, I've had my name forgotten before going on stage, and it's just, you lose so much. Yeah initial of the initial hit it takes ages to pull back after that because they're like well if the combat doesn't even know who he is why should we care new york festival the first one i was so excited to be on there i was relatively new and uh, they 
uh, one of the, I think the only Canadian on there. And I went down, I didn't, uh, they said I could perform, I wasn't getting paid. And I spent my money to go down there and I ended up staying on a sofa of a friends. And, and uh, then I get this intro, I get, uh, oh, your next comic, uh, Jesus, I forgot his name. He's from Canada. It's cold up there. Please put it together for this guy. <laughs> Me. Like, like, talk about it, especially when you're starting out. Talk about deflating one of the best moments. You're down in New York. You're thinking, oh, I'm, yeah, you yeah. know, and you get that. And you just go, what a prick. You know, like, and not even an apology afterwards from him. Just like, you know, and I went yeah. up and did seven minutes. And I did okay, but I came off. And I remember calling my mom. And I think I was crying on the phone to my mom because it was so like important to me. And I'm just like, you forgot my fucking name. <laughs> and in the end, what I should have done, and again, if I had known better, yeah. I, I should have made reference to not mm -hmm. knowing who the fuck he was. I should have said something like yeah. that, or, you know, you're not the first person to forget my name or, you know, done something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Just show them that you're totally confident yeah. that you can roll with the punches of whatever happens. Yeah. But that all comes yeah. with, with the That's... journey and the ride, isn't it? Yeah, so. yeah. So if you've got any other sort of old, if you've got these stories or anything that like over the years, you just keep coming back to because you think there's something in it, but you, you just, it just doesn't work. Um, not, not really. Cause those, those old ones that you're talking about at this point, I've given up on after 32 years. Oh, how okay. many times can you, how many times can you keep kicking yeah. that? I'm going to do this one. It's never worked before. And, you know, have you got any that have annoyed you that are like you think should have worked? Uh, well, that one does. The one that I shared with you annoyed me. Um, there's, uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where it's harder. I, it's different with the one-liner comic where they, sh you think they should laugh and they don't, and it drives you crazy mm -hmm. because even in your head you laugh at it, right? And they don't. Yeah. And the other thing for a storyteller, the other thing that bothers me is when they don't laugh at the point they're supposed to laugh at, and you think. Mm. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was really counting on a laugh there to, to tail yeah. off and do the rest. Um, so that's, yeah, so if that happens, even a story that normally works and then that doesn't hit, right. that can throw the rhythm of a story, right? I've tried to do a lot of the Canadian, I'm starting to now do the Canadian stories um, over here. And, it, oh, cool. and it's uh, the way the story changes um, and what I, I'm learning about it is that I have to do the story because when you do a story in Canada about Canadians, you don't have to explain certain things that you have to explain to an English audience about Canadians before they'll understand the story. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay. In yeah. other words, like, do, like, I don't have to, if I do a thing about the drinking down in America and how uh, that story is based on the fact that we outdrank the Americans, but part of the reason is because, as they know, Americans' beer is only... 2% alcohol, where ours is 5% alcohol. But I usually explain that over here when I tell the story. Yeah. You know, whereas... But, they, but, but so over there, that would just automatically right. be assumed. That's exactly right. That American beer is piss. And does, and does that does that throw the rhythm or the, the amount of laughter when you have to take longer to get to the joke over here? Does it work the same or, or does it affect it's it? It's restarting a joke and trying to figure out um, uh, the how to tell it over here is what I'm learning so that I can, because I can get jokes explaining to people, I can get laughs explaining to people what they don't understand about the joke. Does that make sense to you? So I just, right. yeah, it's learning, but the crux of the story, I try to keep the main part uh, the same. It's just a question of, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's like the new setup becomes a new part of the joke. The new setup over here becomes a new part of the joke. So I have to learn to do the setup. It's just, but it's fun. Yeah. I still enjoy doing it. So, um, yeah, I found, um, I, I went to, I did a couple of gigs in Toronto and, uh, I fa- no, no, no. I, this was when I was, this had to be 2011. Okay. Um, I think it was 2011. So I was just basically before I went to Canada because I was going to see family. I just emailed different sort of open mic clubs, and then it just got. They said I could come and do a bit, so I did a few, and I didn't even think about references or anything like that. And it really showed because, like, I had one joke. One of my best jokes at the time had the word Tesco in it, and all I had to do was say supermarket. Yeah. But I said Tesco, and it, it it died. And it took me quite a few gigs to realize why that. Ha- or or pick the supermarket that's the same as the Tesco in Canada that they would have all understand yeah, yeah, the Great yeah. Canadian Superstore or something like that, right? Which is which yeah. is very similar yeah. to Tesco. You're absolutely right because it's ha- it happens all over the world. Like, <laughs> and Tesco wasn't even an important part of the joke. It wasn't it's just it wasn't being necessary. in the supermarket then. The- yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? If you ever do, um, you know, which I always tell the comedians, if you ever do decide to go back to Canada and work. Shokolins! Hashtag Wooga to Sean Collins. Lovely stuff. Great episode. Any feedback, let me know at Jokes with Mark across all social media. Uh... I think that's, I mean, that's, that's enough, isn't it? That's enough. That's a good episode. Let's just let you get on with your day, shall we? We'll be back soon, hopefully with Joel in tow. Uh, yeah. Anything more from you, Joel? Nothing more from me, Joel. Hashtag Awooga, everybody. Black. 
planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.